Welcome to the Rashawn Franklin Podcast. My name is Rashawn Franklin, and I am your host. Uh, this is episode six, and today we're going to have, we'll have a sports podcast for you. I'm bringing John Shewitt on, uh, the actual first guest of the Rashawn Franklin Podcast. We're bringing him back to discuss uh, something I love more than a lot of things, UK sports. Uh, we're going to preview the 2020-2021 uh, UK football team, and I'm excited to do so because this could be one of the better teams we've had. Uh, you know, we've had some good teams in the past couple of years, but this could be one of the better teams we've had maybe ever. Uh, it's a stacked team, stacked roster, stacked lineup, and uh, I think John will bring some insight. Uh, he's one of the more brilliant minds that follow Kentucky sports, and I'm glad to have him on my podcast for the second time. Uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton to New England. I love the move, uh, but I'm a little surprised it's taken so long for it to happen. Uh, Bill Belichick needed a guy in his system that knew his system to come in and replace Tom Brady. That wasn't going to be easy. Uh, Tom Brady's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And if Bill Belichick wanted a chance to compete, he needed somebody that was going to be able to, to, to that knows the Earnhardt Perkins system um, and is able to, is going to be able to come in and play uh, in it at a high level. And Cam is, one of those guys. When Before Cam uh, had North Turner in uh, Carolina, he was in the Earnhardt Perkins system with Mike Shula and thrived. 2015, he was 15-1. Uh, he had the offense on a string. I think that, uh, Bill, I mean, obviously Bill Belichick is a genius, and he knows that. He knows that Cam, uh, once he went to the Air Coriel system of North Turner, he struggled. So he wanted to bring him back into this system because he knew he could do really well. Um, uh, Bill Belichick's a genius, like I said, and, and he, he makes calculated decisions, and this is one of them. The problem I have with the decision is that it took so long, and that hindered Cam's ability to command the salary he deserved. Uh, Cam is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, no matter uh, how you look at it. I know there are injury concerns, but he uh, still, if he checks out, he's no less than a top 15 uh, quarterback uh, in the league, and um, there's only a handful of guys that can play that position at a high level, and he's one of them. Uh, so even though it's a great decision and a great move by Bill Belichick business-wise, it sucks to see a black quarterback uh, lose the money he deserves because teams were afraid of him or didn't respect his talent enough to uh, give him serious offers. I expect Cam to be the starting quarterback. Um, I don't know the the other kid. I'm not sure about it. Nobody was really sure about it. They just trust Bill Belichick. But Belichick had his eye on Cam the entire time because uh, he knows how good Cam is and he knows how good of a fit Cam is for his system. Um, you know, and I agree with Richard Sherman. Uh, Richard Sherman is always vocal about, you know, the the, the ills in the NFL. And he, he's not shy about it. You, you can only give him – uh, his props for actually saying something regarding the situation and, and Cam's pay. Um, he deserves more uh, as a former MVP. He deserves a better contract, but I, I feel like Cam is going to take this personally and is going to ball out and get paid at the end of the upcoming season. Um, assuming it happens uh, because of uh, the coronavirus. I took a look at the weapons around him. Uh, PFF in 11 personnel has Cam surrounded by Sanu, Muhammad Sanu, Julian Edelman, and Nikhil Harry. I'm not a huge fan of that um, 11 personnel, those weapons for Cam, but I think it could work 
with the collection of backs that New England has. Um, Cam had, you know, Christian McCaffrey before he left the Panthers and understands how to use a, a, a pass catching back like James White in the passing game. So I think that'll be uh, helpful for him to get comfortable in Belichick's modified Earnhardt Perkins, not the regular Earnhardt Perkins that he's accustomed to, to being in. But yeah, uh, I'm not, I haven't been a fan of the, the weapons Tom Brady's had in the past couple of years, and I'm not a fan of the weapons Cam's going to have going forward. But their defense is so good that uh, they're going to be in games. Bill Belichick's a genius, and he's going to have the team prepared regardless going in. So um, can they win the AFC East? I believe so. I like the Bills still a lot. Uh, but Cam Newton, if he's, you know, back to who Cam Newton was, even 80% of what he was, uh, he's going to be incredible to watch, and he's going to be incredible with Bill Belichick. Um, the thing about the difference between the 2015 se season and what Bill Belichick is going to have Cam do, uh, I think he's going to get the ball out a little quicker. Uh, Cam liked to hold the ball and allow things to develop because he had a great old line in that 2015 season as well. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm, uh, I, don't, I don't really like going back to his weapons is he doesn't have anybody to take the top off the defense, which he thrived in doing in 2015. He had Ted Ginn, who was basically his number one receiver with, with him and Greg Olson. Uh, I think if you look back at the stats, those guys got the lion's share of the catches in that offense. And, um, Ted was just a speecher that, that Cam just, you know, knew how to use. But they don't have really like a blazing fast guy. It's going to have to be three five-step drops, get the ball out of Cam's hand. Uh, so um, I think Bill's, Bill is, is going to make him uh, make quick decisions, get the ball out of his hand, and, and, and try to keep him clean. But uh, if anybody can do that, um, it's Cam Newton because he's just that talented. So I'm excited about this. Um, I think it's going to be um, an exciting football season if it happens. and. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the Patriots because I, I Cam deserves to get he deserves to get paid and um, I'm excited he got another chance I'm excited he's being treated uh, not monetarily but he's got the opportunity to be a starting quarterback which he should get an opportunity as a former MVP uh, MVP only five years ago so um, I'm excited for Cam and uh, I'm excited for this pairing with him and Bill Belichick. Uh, next, we're going to have John. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll talk about the UK football team. All right, we're back with John Shewitt. John, thanks for coming on again uh, to the Rashawn Franklin podcast. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Good, good. Um, I'm glad to have you on. You're one of the guys – I've always said that you're one of the smartest guys around Kentucky football and Kentucky sports in general. Uh, so I wanted to talk, talk to you about um, the U.K. football team uh, this upcoming year. Um, I think they're going to be extremely, extremely good, one of the better teams we've had in our lifetime. So um, what, 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 is, what are your feelings uh, initially looking at the, the schedule, the roster? Uh, what, what jumps out to you? looking at this team just just on paper. Yeah, the thing about this roster is you look immediately up front to the offensive and defensive lines and mm -hmm. say, man, that's the strength of this team. And I don't know if anybody really could have predicted when Mark Stoops came in, like 
uh, yeah, how Kentucky's going to get good. They're going to get like all the best, like big guys around the country. Cause that's how usually, uh, teams get built now. Cause usually when like teams pop up, uh, like your Boise States, your Oregon, it's all built on speed guys who are overlooked. It's never built on like homegrown from the state of Kentucky offensive and defensive linemen. So, I mean, that's your immediate strength right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you lose Lynn Bowden at the quarterback position, but then obviously he wasn't really a quarterback. He was just kind of a running back who was just kind of improvising back there, mm-hmm. improvise well. But um, obviously if we get Terry Wilson back there with a threat of a passing ability and our good running backs and uh, uh, Cavassier Smoke, which is the best <sighs> name there ever has yeah, been. Yeah, he's got a great name. Yeah. Chris Rodriguez, A.J. Rose, you put those three back there. That's three really good running backs. I don't know if it's the top end like Benny Snell was, but that's a really good running back by committee there. Mm-hmm. Uh, really the only weakness on your offense is going to be wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Josh Ali coming back, but other than that, it's not too crazy adept there. you got to wait until this new recruiting class gets in. Uh, but then you look at defense, defensive line stacked. <sighs> Linebacker stack. Now, Grant, you do lose Chris Oates probably for the season based yeah. off what people have been reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still have DeAndre Square. You got the LSU transfer, Kelvin Joseph, coming in. Um, and then really just Mark Stoops coaching up the secondary. So, all in all, hard to not be excited about this team. Absolutely. Um, I, everything you said, I agree with. Uh, I'm excited about this team from top to bottom. Uh, like you said, the wide receiver position is a little shaky, but I think that's where Terry Wilson has to come in and and make up for a lost season and be the guy that we initially thought he would be when he was recruited. Um, I want us to talk about the quarterback position for a little bit because I have two questions. One, do you think that Terry is going to be – anywhere close to what he was like do you do you anticipate him making a jump to being one of the top quarterbacks in the sec and should kentucky think about having an offense similar to what lynn bowden brought every year like maybe that should be our our, our thing our, our 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 wrinkle in our offense that makes it hard for teams to prepare i know it, it limits us offensively but what do you first of all? What do you think about Terry? And then we'll talk about the the offense as a full time thing. Uh, Terry's kind of a riddle because obviously he doesn't have the good raw numbers that you would hope that like I guess like a Mike Leach quarterback or an Urban Meyer quarterback would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, the year he did play for us, he went what ten and three as the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, we were relying on Benny Snell. We were relying on just a lot of our running game back then, so we never really asked him to do as much as he can in the passing game. Then we also had some QB design runs for him. Um, he did have low points, the Texas A&M game. I think uh, Roush with KSR interviewed him, said he just really was never seeing like a defense to that level. It's at that point in his career, mm-hmm. it's your office helped him analyze defenses and everything. Um, it's really hard to say. Eddie Grand's also been really good at tailoring uh, his offenses to his quarterbacks. Absolutely. He, there's really not an offensive coordinator in the country who's had to adjust as much as him over the past, what, three years. But Drew Barker getting hurt and Steve Johnson coming in. Uh, and then you had Terry Wilson getting hurt and then replacing him with Sawyer Smith and then replacing him with Lynn Bowden. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel confident in that area. I kind of – me and my friends kind of debate this all the time. Like, where do you see Terry Wilson and, like, the power five, like, quarterbacks? 
Mm-hmm. Things go good for him this year. I think he can be in the top half of those guys, which is really all we need him to be. Right. We're really going to be relying on a power run game and using our offensive line to get get us the yards that we need on offense. Yeah, uh, I mean, the offense shouldn't change much. You've got three backs that could carry the load for a lot of teams. Um, so I, I anticipate we'll see a lot of Wildcat uh, just to try to – and less design runs because you don't want to put Terry in a situation where he gets hurt again and then you're scrambling to try to adjust like you did with Lynn. Uh, so, but when, when Terry came in, I was such a huge fan of him. I thought he could be the best quarterback uh, since Andre w- Woodson uh, at the school because he reminded me so much of RG3. Like, he has the mannerisms. I don't know if he has the, the arm and, and the accuracy of, of, of RG3, but um, we, we, if you just take the number off the back of the uh, – take the, uh, the well, you leave the number, take, take the name off the back of the jersey, he kind of looks like RG3. But – um, so I think he has a high ceiling as far as his talent. It's, just, it's up to him to want to prove that he can um, be a top, like you said, top half of, of in the country, a quarterback, and try to make those NFL dreams come true because he does have the talent. I, I'll stand on that. He has the talent to be uh, something special. So if he comes, if he becomes who I think he can become, this team, man, um, they can win a lot of football games and. I'm excited to see how, how it's going to play out. Uh, but what do, you, what do you think about, you know, just being a, uh, an, an offense that is predicated on run, running the football uh, most of the time and going old school football 24-7 and recruiting that way? Uh, offensive linemen would love to be in the offense like that because they love to run block. They love to roll, roll pave. So uh, what do you think about that? Like, do you think it's a possibility? You think, how, how do you think um, it, it, it will work if, we, if, if they try to do something like that? Uh, strangely enough, I actually think it's going to work long term. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's not for the reason you would think. Um, it's basically, you know, like kind of like I said earlier, like when a Boise State or an Oregon pops up, it's like this new, innovative, like put your right. play base offense, like find the underrated fast guys, uh, just new, innovative stuff, like young, up and coming coach, like really. And then you go back twenty years, it kind of starts with Kentucky, like. At the time, like, the air raid came in, everyone was in, like, these base four threes, like, these base bear sets, like, mm-hmm. so many linemen and linebackers on the field. And at that time, there was no one ready for four wide receivers going all over the field, five wide receivers going all the field. Mm-hmm. And you think what's happened over those 20 years where you got spread, like, read option, just any kind of, like, new innovative offense that comes along. The defenses have had to evolve with that. So mm-hmm. now you're only seeing three down linemen. Sometimes you're only seeing two, but with, like, five hybrid linebackers and then a few safeties behind them. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, now you play power run ball. Those players aren't as big anymore. And so when everyone else was zigging and they had to react to that zig, we kind of zagged out of necessity, and it ended up working out for us. So strangely – because of the way college football has been going over the past 20, 25 years, I think the power run game is like here to stay if you can execute it. And it'll yield you really good results, even though like you're not going to put up the raw numbers that other teams are going to put up. Absolutely. That's, that's a great point. Like, you know, everybody's base defensive package is nickel now. So you automatically have a smaller guy uh, when you take a, a the strong side linebacker and put a smaller guy in. So, uh, even with a lot of three-down linemen and, and, and linemen not used to um, stopping the run so much because it's, it's a sp- – I mean, they're facing spreads 
uh, week in and week out, they're not really facing power rankings. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very similar to that. I didn't even think about that. that that's sort of reversal and us setting the tone uh, as uh, Kentucky football. So, uh, that I mean, I, I, I hope that could happen. Uh, I'm not sure that they're going to think like that. I think they're going to try to just, you know, recruit regular quarterbacks in. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that they'd have um, a good job recruiting um, if they sort of committed to that type of football. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Boogie Watson uh, a little bit. Uh, he's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think he's Josh Allen, and I don't think he's Bud Dupree as far as the caliber of NFL prospect, but he's really, really close. Um, he's got some things in his game he needs to work out, but – um, to me, he's going to be probably him and maybe Bohannon are probably the best two players on the defense. Do you do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would say most proven commodities. Yeah, it depends on mm-hmm. what Kelvin Joseph can be. Obviously, former four-star. Only reason he's at Kentucky, he got beat out by uh, Stingley at LSU, who's obviously mm-hmm. like going to be the next big thing like defensive-wise in the NFL draft when it's finally his turn to go up. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I mean – uh, DeAndre Square would be up there, but yeah, for that, those two guys, those two guys, and Oates before. Um, well, I don't think they've come out with what they've said, but before his, um, I guess, debilitating injury. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. Those two guys are legit. Absolutely, uh, I'm also a huge fan of Yusef Corker. I watched him pretty uh, intently when I reviewed the film uh, against Louisville. He he got beat a couple times, but he's got some of the more natural instincts I've seen in uh, the secondary. I think he's going to take a step forward this year. Um, this is what he's a redshirt junior, I believe this year. So um, he's not afraid to go down the box, make a tackle. Um, he's got to work on his coverage skills, but he's, he's really good as well. So they, they are talented at the defensive line, pass rushers. Josh Pascal looks like he's back to being fully what he was before. Uh, everything happened with him, and uh, this team is <laughs> it's loaded, man. I, I just pray we have a season. Yeah, so do I. The only thing that, like, trips me up about this season going beyond, like, seven wins would just be we switched a home game against Arkansas with a road game against Auburn. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's not going to be full stadiums if there is a football season, so the home crowd advantage goes down a little bit. Um also, Florida's improved, even though we didn't win that game last year. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what that goes. But the schedule, I think overall it does set up favorably because really the only thing that's been reversed is the um, the trading of Arkansas and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's take a look. So, uh, Louisville, Tennessee, Florida, what do we win? Do we win all three of those? Two out of three, one out of three, zero. Uh, see, interestingly enough, I've got some actual spreads from FanDuel Sportsbook on this one. Okay. I don't think they're like the sharpest sportsbook out there. Obviously, you got Pinnacle and uh, Bet Chris would just be kind of your two most known of like your sharpest sportsbooks where like the best lines are and the hardest to beat lines are really. Mm-hmm. But right now, there's no book out there that has more lines than FanDuel and it's close enough to what you're going to get um, in the beginning of the season. Uh, right now, they've got a uh, UK-Florida game. Florida is a 14-point favorite. Whoa. 
I think that's a little high, being there's no real home field advantage this year. I think that should be closer to 10, but honestly, I could see Florida getting to 14 because this is the year I think Florida makes the leap. They finally, I don't know if you follow uh, Bud Elliott's like blue chip uh, ratio ratings every year. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, before Dan Mullen got there, their recruiting was an absolute disaster. They were a team that didn't have 50%. Uh, basically, the requisite to winning a national championship is you got to have 50% of your rosters, four- and five-star guys. Florida did not have that. Florida. That's how bad their recruiting was beforehand. And finally, I think they're around 60% four and five stars on their team. It's a road game. I think Kyle Trask can evolve into something that's the real deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not confident about Florida this year. I know we've played them close, but I think this is kind of the year that Florida makes the leap. Um, I don't know if they're better than Georgia but I think they could finish with a better record in conference in Georgia simply because their schedules. Uh, Florida gets a home game against uh, LSU and their SEC West crossover other than LSU is a road game at Ole Miss, whereas Georgia has to play at Alabama and they get a home game against Auburn. So the schedule goes a little bit in Florida's favor there. But I do think Florida's going to be really good. So I honestly don't think we're going to win that one even without like home field advantage. Uh, then going to Tennessee – we're just snake bitten against them. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm never going to see another. <laughs> I'm thankful for the two I've seen in my life, and that'll be enough for me. Anytime yeah. we get one, I'll just be surprised and say, oh, that's fun. Uh, but interestingly enough, the Louisville game, I think we should be a slight favorite in that one. I mm-hmm. think maybe I'd say, I'd say we should be about a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. FanDuel actually has Louisville as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Wow. Uh, other sports books like Bet Online and uh, Bavada, uh, they've got Kentucky favored by one. I do think Kentucky's better, even with like the, I guess, half home field advantage that we're thinking of this year. Yeah. Um, but overall, in those, we're snake bitten against Tennessee. I think Florida makes that leap this year, but I do think we're better than Louisville, even with them still improving and uh, that game being on the road this year. Uh, so I think in those, we're going to go one and two. But it has been interesting to see the lines move. Uh, mm-hmm. When everything opened up, uh, Florida was a 15-and-a-half point favorite. That's down to 14 now. Louisville opened up at four. It's down to two-and-a-half now. Uh, Tennessee, strangely, has stayed at seven at FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the market as a whole seems to respect Kentucky a lot more than FanDuel did the sportsbook themselves. So Kentucky's starting to get some love out there when it comes to uh, what people think of them. Just uh, slowly taking time, but not by the media. It's by sports bettors. Yeah. Uh, is it Kentucky fans betting those lines down, you think? Uh, no. So with what happens with, um, I guess, lines moving in directions, uh, Sportsbook will hang a number out there. Um, every, and they all, like, since everything's online now, they know who's betting into what. Uh, if they know this person traditionally does well at college football and they bet a significant amount of money, and uh, like soft markets like this, like college football game of the year lines, uh, they're going to move that line to a number that they respect a lot more. Oh, so it's all dictated by sharp money and not necessarily the fans. Uh, mostly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like ninety percent. Sometimes they'll hang in the. Sometimes they'll hang a number like Cowboys minus eight and a half against whoever that week, knowing it's way off, and they'll just get all the Cowboy fans to cover it, and then they'll make a lot of money that way. Absolutely. Sportsbooks take sides take sides from time to time. 
Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, so these lines are sort of predicated on their being fans. If there's, I, I, I think things could change if there's just like a scrimmage atmosphere uh, with a lot of these games. So I think the lines, um, I, I don't see, if, if there's no crowd in Gainesville, the line can't be 14. I mean, it just has to be, it has to be lower than that. So um, I would sort of bet on that and pound us plus 14, um, just thinking out loud on that. Uh, but yeah, I'm sort of with you with them winning only one of those. But strangely enough, I think it might be Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, I'm sort of uh, – you, you scared me off of them beating Florida at all. So uh, I'm just going to – I think at Louisville, I think that Louisville's going to uh, win that one. I just feel like they're due. So I'm going to pick Tennessee uh, as the one. It sucks that all three of these are on, are on the road because – um, if you have one at home, I think you know maybe you can win two. Uh, but uh, I yeah, think one and one and one and one and two is, is probably right. That's kind of the thing too with like because just by like I just use basically kind of linear algebra and just run a quick little regression on these numbers. They've got like mm-hmm. about 130 different lines, and you can just run a basic little regression on those uh, to kind of see like a power number for whatever team they are. Uh, so right now they've got Kentucky about 30th in the country, about 11 points better than the average college football team, which is pretty solid. I think that's a little low. I think we should be up probably around 15 points better, uh, so about a field goal better than what they think. Uh, but interestingly enough, when you take into account neutral site locations, um, which are going to be a lot different this year, all those neutral site games, I don't know how they'll manage that. Um, but you can see the market implied home field advantage is 2.7 points. Um, so that's been falling down over time back in like the early two thousands. It used to be like four and a half points. Wow. I guess since, uh, crowds keep getting smaller with better and better TV, it gets more expensive. Uh, so you get like the richer fan who's there to like show offers like clients and everything. Yeah. So the crowds aren't as boisterous anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more crowd that determines it than travel travels just too good these days to, for that yeah. to be a factor. But yeah, about two, 2.7 points is what the market thought or thinks right now. And that's about the same as what it was last year. Um, I still think with partial crowds, um, I really think it's just communication between mm-hmm. linemen, QB wide receivers running back that accounts for home field advantage there with like crowd noise and everything. So I still think there's going to be a slight advantage. I think it'll be about a point, point and a half, somewhere around that range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting handicap for a lot of people this year. Uh, so what what's the records you think we end up with? Um, in the year? Uh, I've been going back and forth. I think eight and four is a good number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we win all of our out-of-conference games. I think we'll it'll be a close game with Louisville this year because there's some improving. Um their offense is still going to be really good. I don't think they added too terribly much defensive talent, which is not going to help them against us. Um, I think we win the SEC games we should, like Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. And as long as we get one of four against Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, or Auburn, that'll give us a 5-3 and three record, and I think we can manage either eight and nine wins with that, which is scary to say as a Kentucky fan. You should almost right. never say that. 
but the talent's really good. And I think, honestly, our road games this year, with the crowds being as small as they are, uh, we're going – that'll help us out a lot. And Kentucky doesn't have a great home field advantage as is. I don't think having a lesser crowd will really hurt us as much as it will other teams. Right. Uh, so I think eight's a good number. I think a sneaky one that we can get is Auburn. I've seen a lot of Auburn fans uh, questioning their offensive line. Uh, and with Bo Nix, he was both good in games last year and he was also not good in games last year. Um, but a lot of it was him bailed out by his really good defense and offensive line last year, and he lost a lot of that. And that's going to yeah. be week five, half crowd. Strangely enough, FanDuel has Auburn as a 14-and-a-half point favorite over <sighs> Kentucky rather than – it's strange because both the Florida and Auburn road games, Kentucky's a 14-point underdog to Florida and a 14-and-a-half point, uh, point underdog to Auburn. I'll let you in on a little secret. Florida's better than Auburn. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that game opened up at 17, actually. I actually bet it at plus 17. So, what, what Are we missing something? Um, uh, it's just well, – what, what's going on here? Um, it's, it's just one sports book's opinion. A lot of the other ones, Bavada, Bet Online, the other ones who are offering these game of the year lines are a lot more bullish on Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, FanDuel has like a European like data company make all these lines for them. That's kind of who owns them. Uh, I think Camby is the company who owns them. That may be mm-hmm. DraftKings, but uh, essentially they're newer in college football than the other ones, so I don't think their lines are as sharp as the others. So if you want to bet college football, you bet no fan doing what you're saying. Okay. At um, least early before when everyone still has, like, differing opinions. Once it gets on it, later on in the year, everyone's lines are within one or two points of each other. Right, exactly. And closing line, they're all identical, other than like yeah. a half point here or there. So, yeah, betting early is the way to go if you are happy with betting lower amounts, which I think most people are. Absolutely. Yeah, looking at this schedule, it's just it shook out so terrible as far as row games. But, you know, like you said, with, with uh, the crowd being half size, it could be it to advantage, uh, advantage Kentucky. So, yeah, I think eight wins is – probably where eight I mean you would hope to get nine or ten out of this roster because I don't know when the next time we're going to see a roster this good Uh, maybe soon but maybe not and man you just want to try to have this somehow get nine or ten wins but yeah I think eight eight or seven even might be the, the right call there yeah and you get that um I think it's Jaeger, Jaeger. I'm going to call him Jaeger. That just seems more fun. You get that Jaeger Burton kid out of Frederick Douglass, that top 150 lineman. Yeah. I'd be back here again. And then I was actually looking at 24-7 sports the other day. They've got a little thin, like a little ribbon on the bottom of their site, like top 25 recruits ever, like for your school. Mm-hmm. Like eight of the top 25 are on this roster right now. Like, wow. That's obviously not including Tim Couch because they weren't around back then. They weren't around, so. yeah. But – Ever since 24-7 sports has been around, we've got eight of our 25 best players ever on this team, according to 24-7. Man, yeah, I just hope we can cash. Yeah. Uh, man, that would, be, that would be amazing. But, I mean, I, I just hope that we have college football. Um, I, I can't call it right now. I'm not sure uh, what it's going to look like. Um, but cases are spiking, so I'm not getting my hopes up. But we just hope that um, we – can see this this 
schedule play out for this particular team because I mm-hmm. feel like they deserve it. So yeah, Kentucky fans certainly deserve it after Absolutely. all we've seen over the years. Oh my God! Oh man, we talked a little bit about that the first time you were on uh, with you know the Joker's uh, tenure and. <laughs> Uh, even the early part of Mark Stoops' tenure, it was just it was just rough. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we deserve this, and you know, I hope it happens. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, John, man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure, uh, and we'll definitely do this uh, again, maybe before the season, maybe uh, to see if anything's changed and. Um, I'm always down to talk UK sports, so and I know you are too. Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. All right, man. Take care.